Oh, man, this is really living. What's up, everybody? This is my new phone and my new hat. It's blank. I think I'm going to get a patch to sew on. It's Tuesday, January 19th, 2.33 in the afternoon. My final week, hopefully, of driving full-time. Um, what else is going on? Oh, this is a Google Pixel 2. So it's not a new phone. It's a refurbished phone. I think they're up to, like, Google Pixel 5 or 6 right now. So I can't tell what the camera looks like. It seems like it looks pretty good. Um, my phone... The screen had been shattered in so many different places that it, the motherboard was starting to be visible. So, <clears throat> um, I got this phone used and was able to take my SIM card and put it in, and and here we are. Um, what's going on? I don't really have anything else to say. I breakfast with a friend of mine who's a missionary. Uh, he's home on furlough, and uh, it was nice to be able to see him and talk to him about... Just what's on my heart, what's on his heart, and what this new year is going to bring for those of us who are men of faith, people of faith, and what God's calling us to do. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. If I think of anything else to say, I will let you know. Good morning, everyone. It's 10.15 on Thursday, January 21st. And uh, something you can file under, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> On the same day that Joe Biden was inaugurated, installed as the president, the World Health Organization released updated guidelines on the PCR tests. So they said... For now, from now on, the World Health Organization says that if someone tests positive but doesn't have symptoms, that is not a COVID case. They need to have two separate positive tests if there are no symptoms involved. So, <laughs> this essentially is returning to the guidelines of every other um, science-based diagnostic tool which is what we've been saying from the beginning. And everyone just accepts it and fe and feeds off of it. Before COVID, something wasn't considered a case unless the person tested positive and had symptoms. Now the World Health Organization is saying that that should be the guideline for COVID. Why would they say that? Unless it's because asymptomatic spread is not as serious as we've been led to believe. Also, how convenient that it happens after Donald Trump is out of office. Because now we can, we can start to implement new guidelines, which is what I've been saying from the beginning. And we're going to see the cases go down. People are changing the rhetoric. They're starting to say things like, oh, COVID's going to be... We're just going to have to learn for how to live with it because it's going to be here forever because it's a coronavirus because a coronavirus is always running through the world that's what the cold virus is so they're they're moving the goalpost yet again 
to justify, well, we're going to have to keep giving you a vaccine because it's constantly going to be mutating and we'll never be rid of it. So we're going to have to just always learn to live with it because they realized that by promising a vaccine and a return to normal, that was never on the table. The vaccine has been only part of what they're trying to do. And people are pushing back. It's in Italy, 50,000 restaurants opened because they realize that destroying lives for a virus, it's not worth it. As of, I think it was at the end of December, the rate of serious adverse reactions to the vaccine was 2.79%. The rate, the mortality rate of COVID is, if you're under 40, well, if you're under 50, it's 9.99.98% survival. So it's 0.02 if you're under 50. But people are having reactions to this vaccine. <clears throat> now, I don't have a problem with vaccines. But in the case of vaccines, I'm pro-choice. Because it's my body, my choice, right? Isn't that what we've been told? It's so funny when you say things are going to happen and then they do and you're proven right and people still don't want to listen. Piggybacking on what I said about predicting things and being right and no one listening. Where are all those riots that were supposed to happen at every state capitol on the, the weekend before the inauguration or on the inauguration? Because I was told that every Trump supporter, every person who supports conservative values is a domestic terrorist. Or have you not noticed that many of the bad actors that have been exposed for their ridiculous actions, violent actions that are not condoned by any true Trump supporter... That those people, many are registered Democrats. One is a known agent provocateur. Several are. They're on video saying F Trump and all this. They're anarchists. They have no desire to support Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. They want it all taken down. They want it all burned down. And those people need to be brought to justice. Because we, we believe in the rule of law. But I find it funny that they had to... Can create more fear... About this new terror. White terror and all this. But they ignored the fact that there were riots. Over 100 people were arrested. Rioting on Donald Trump's inauguration day. And every... Every charge was dropped. Can you believe that? But we forget that. Because that doesn't fit our narrative anymore rules for thee but not for me they had 30,000 troops to protect the inauguration and when there were massive riots and destruction of federal buildings and federal property over the summer and people floated the idea of bringing in the federal troops 
the federal government. People said, how dare you turn the government against its people? How dare you do that? It's just... <laughs> it's a good thing that the, there are double standards, because without them, they would have none. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Friday, January 22nd, 9.35 a.m. It's a beautiful day. And it's my last full-time, well, hopefully this year, <laughs> uh, my last day of full-time gig economy working, do, do or dash, Grubhub, all that stuff. Um, craziness, everything's, the narrative on COVID continues to change. The World Health Organization is saying that PCR tests are, are too many false positives. The mayor of D.C. lifted the ban on indoor dining. Governor of New York said we need to reopen or else we'll have nothing to reopen uh, to come back to. Which is exactly, exactly what uh, we've been saying. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, Joe Biden made the... I, I Here, let me just explain something to all of you watching. And if you happen to be a Democrat... Uh, watching, uh, I love you. Um, I'm trying to be respectful. However, I have to ask, how much longer is it going to be before you realize that you're being manipulated? We've said from day one, or once we knew what was going on with this virus, we're like, man, there, it seems like they're really politicizing this. They really want everyone locked down until after the election. Now that Joe Biden is in office, everything's changing. The narrative, the hope. Joe Biden said in his first 100 days, he wanted 100 million Americans vaccinated. Everybody said, that's incredible. Donald Trump said, we're going to have a vaccine by the end of the year. Everybody said, that's ridiculous. Not only did they have it by the end of the year, they actually knew it was ready to go. They knew it was ready to go before the election and they withheld the announcement. <clears throat> Amazon is now saying all of a sudden we're going to help with the vaccine vaccination rollout. Where's Amazon been? Oh, they're busy banning Parler from their platform. Do you understand why people are skeptical? Amazon had the ability to announce that they would help with the vaccine rollout months ago. But they waited until it was more politically advantageous for them. They waited until their preferred candidate could get the most benefit. The la in the last week, we have averaged over 900,000 vaccinations a day. With the most recent day, I think it was 1.6 million people were vaccinated in one day. We're already at Joe Biden's stated goal before he even took office. But he's going to get credit for that. It's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating because we see it happening right in front of us and we're being told that we're conspiracy theorists and then it proves itself to be correct and we're still told that we're extremists and radicals. I'm just looking at the evidence. How does that make me radical? I'm looking at the fact that we're being, the media lies and then says, uh, you, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're not an expert. You're not allowed to question the experts. Use your head. Use some analytical thinking. Use your logic and reason. 
if we're not allowed to question those who are put in authority over us, then we no longer live in America. Asking questions is a good thing. The moment you are unwilling to answer questions that we put these people in office, they get paid from our tax dollars. If we can't ask those people why they're doing certain things, then we no longer live in a constitutional republic. If we say, hey, this doesn't look quite right, maybe we should look into this, an elected official should say, we'll do whatever it takes for you to feel comfortable with this, considering you're the one, we work for you. That's how it should go. That's how it should go. Hey everybody, it's me again. And I just had a couple thoughts about, um, for anybody out there who thinks that I've changed or I'm going insane, there's nothing to be concerned about. I'm still the same person I've always been. I'm just sharing my opinions. I just used to keep it quiet. Um, so as I've said in the past, if you're uncomfortable with my opinions, because I'm speaking them, then that's unfortunately not my problem. Uh, I haven't really changed. I've changed my views on certain things. Like I changed my view on um, which presidential candidate I supported because um, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016 and then voted for him in 2020. So that did change. But the reason wasn't because I changed my views. It was because I was uninformed on how the policies that were being implemented by Donald Trump were actually similar, uh, at least way more similar than Joe Biden's policies would be, um, and the Democratic Party as a whole. <laughs> uh, so it's just, I don't want people to, and this is what happens, is that people, when you don't like what's happening, you try to find an excuse for it, and the easiest one is to label somebody either racist, extremist, white supremacist, all of those things. It's very easy to do that because you're uncomfortable with what you're seeing with your eyes and hearing with your ears. Instead of, wow, okay, maybe I should listen to what this person has to say and find out why they feel so strongly about this issue or the other. We keep hearing about the need for unity. Um, my concern is that unity will be, the only way unity will be achieved is when all dissent is silenced. That's what my concern is. That's why I speak up. Um, I'm also concerned about how much we can truly unify when we have um, paradoxical, <laughs> that's not the word, I don't know, um, when we have our juxt the juxtaposition of con constitutional conservative views versus um, whatever is happening, progressives, whatever is going on in that arena. Um, it's hard to unify when one side thinks that murdering unborn children is okay. Um, it's hard to unify with them. With, when there's such a foundational issue of life and 
for those that say, oh no, I don't, I don't think it's right, but I have to support it because it's a woman's right. That's your opinion. That's fine. Um, my opinion is it's wrong. So we'll never find common ground on that. And I think most people, if they're honest with themselves, intellectually honest, they realize that it's wrong. But the propaganda has told them that by speaking out and saying it's wrong, you're going to be demonized as someone who hates women. I love women. (laughs) I love my wife. Uh, I believe that she probably has the most... I mean, she takes on a lot of the responsibility in the home, not because of... Even though we, we, we live based on a traditional... Christian ideology of the man being the spiritual head of the household and things like that, but we don't make a decision that we both don't agree on. She's very independent in her thinking. And I didn't mean for this to turn into a thing about abortion, but I just find it interesting that when they say it should be safe, legal, and rare, If you didn't believe deep down somewhere that it was wrong, why would it have to be rare? That's just my argument. The fact that people say it should be rare, even people who are proponents for it, mean that deep down, ideologically, they know that they're crossing a line in some way. That they're playing God. That they're determining one person's rights over another person's rights. That makes them uncomfortable. So the way that they... Uh, the way that they comfort themselves at night night is saying we want it to be rare it's hard for me to unify with somebody like that that doesn't mean I can't be friends with them that doesn't mean I can't agree with them on other things but to say you want unity and then label anybody who doesn't agree with you as a radical or a domestic terrorist or an extremist or someone who hates women's rights or someone who hates uh, LGBTQ IA plus whatever it is Um, it doesn't achieve unity what it does is that you try to push people to the margins so then you can squash them and then you can have fake unity don't understand where I'm coming from, and you choose to determine what I believe based on your opinion rather than talking to me and respecting me for my beliefs, whether you agree with them or not, then how can I come to the table with you? If I'm not afforded the very thing that I'm willing to afford you, who's being the bigger person? The reason I, I get on this diatribe is because we have people like Nancy Pelosi, who claims to be Catholic, or I don't know what she claims. And we have Joe Biden, who claims to be a devout Catholic. And when the press asks him simple questions about what are you going to do to ensure that taxpayers are not funding things that are against their religious beliefs, they deflect and say, well, he's a devout Catholic. 
okay, well, does that mean that he is then going to be the most pro-life president? Because every devout Catholic I know is pro-life. Is he going to be more pro-life than Donald Trump then? Who isn't a devout Catholic? It should be interesting to throw that out there. We have people like Nancy Pelosi saying things like, religious people were willing to sell out our democracy over the issue of abortion. How can I trust that you will uphold democracy? That you will uphold the Constitution? If the basic right to exist is not afforded to the most vulnerable. The fact that people make abortion like a fringe issue is reason enough to not trust them. I have tons of respect for people who are willing to engage in dialogue with me about their reasons behind supporting abortion. The problem is is that most people, if they understood, if they truly understood the science and understood what happens and understood the industry of abortion the billion dollar industry or whatever it may be multi-million dollar but they don't want people to look into that that's why that Project Veritas video was so scandalous about the selling of body parts and all that stuff people don't want to be faced with the truth because then they get uncomfortable that's why I speak up and it makes people uncomfortable because I say things that are quote-unquote controversial, even though they're only controversial to people who don't agree with them. They're not controversial in the grand sense. If it's controversial to say innocent, unborn children should be protected at all costs, no matter what, the person or the, the parents, or the, the mother wants. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Is it controversial to say that people should think more clearly and be open to alternatives rather than abortion when there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of parents who are unable to conceive I would love to, to provide a home for those people. The fact that adoption is so freaking difficult in this country, is a, it's a ridiculous farce. It's we're profita- profiteering off of the deaths of the unborn and the wards of the state mentality that we have in our country. It's a, it's a real shame. We should be incentivizing families. We should be incentivizing providing for children, for families to have children, instead of incentivizing people to either be rid of their children or incentivizing people to have children without being married by keeping them on the government dole and causing them to lose their benefits if they're married. (laughs) Or if there's a father contributing. 
I don't know enough about the issue, obviously, but that just seems like we've got something backwards, man. I feel like the this family structure has been diminished in our society so much to the extent that every single issue that we're dealing with can be traced back to that single issue, which is the devaluing of the nuclear family. So when people say like that you're racist because you won't support the Black Lives Matter organization or something like that, I can't support an organization that wants to destroy the nuclear family, which is what they had on their website before they realized how much backlash it was receiving. You can't put that toothpaste back into the tube. Once you show your true colors of what you believe, I can't support that. As much as I support equality, as much as I support holding people accountable that are in positions of authority, if anything, I'm the person who is most for that. I'm so limited government, so much for transparency and accountability in people that are in positions of authority. I welcome that. I welcome people being investigated if they acted inappropriately, if they acted aggressively or discriminately. I open, I'm so open to that. I'm probably more open to that than most people on my side of the aisle. But I can't support an organization that's going to attack the family. It's going to attack the Judeo-Christian ethics that I was raised to believe. That I've not just been raised to believe, but that I have come to a personal conviction and hold them myself, regardless of what I was raised to believe. That's an important part of the process. It's not that I just was raised into this belief, so I, I hold it uh, without... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I hold it without any... Uh, any. Eh, sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but without any scrutiny, I guess. I've wrestled with these things myself. I've applied myself to understand the why in what I believe. And you have to be open to the fact that people aren't going to agree with you. You have to allow people to have differing beliefs. You have to. If you can't convince them with an argument, with a, a well-thought-out viewpoint, then that's on you. That's not on them. You can't punish people for not coming to the same line of thinking that you hold. Because if that's true, I would go out and punish every person who supported abortion. I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. That's the most un-Christ-like thing to, to do. So in return, we need to stop this vengeful, uh, aggressive rhetoric and stop looking for people to troll and to cancel and to punish for viewpoints that they hold deep in their heart. Hey, uh, something for you guys to look up. Apparently, there was a German study that was released... For they did a study of 25,000 children on the negative effects of mask wearing for the children. Personally, I have had my children wearing masks in schools because I've been happy that they're 
at least able to go to school in person. Um, but this study shows that there are lasting effects of long-term mask wearing in children. This coupled with the fact that there are so many studies that show that children don't transmit this virus to each other. And there's hardly, I don't know if there's a single case that shows a children giving it to an adult in a school setting. Um, the more I see this evidence coming out, the more I think that the mask for children is a terrible idea and also is a way to show children to follow instruction. Sorry, my camera's a little musty. Oh, I made it worse. Oh, well, I'll fix that. But it just gets, you know, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But the fact that we are making children wear masks and teachers unions are refusing to go back to work because they're afraid of getting the virus. That's what they say. It's because they want more benefits and they want more money. Because I guarantee you, if, if they threw money at the problem, it would go away. Um, trust the science, they tell us. The science says that children are not spreading the virus. The science says that it's probably a bad idea to have kids wearing a mask eight hours a day for their long-term health and their long-term mental health. But what do I know? I'm just a quack pot, a crack pot, quack. That's what I meant to say. Who thinks that science should be challenged and should be proven, not unconditionally accepted? Man, I'm just full of information today. I'm probably going to have to get back to doing a weekly episode. The problem with that is just getting the time to <clears throat> sit down and put it together. But I've just got way, way too much content. Too much, um, too many thoughts to fit in. I don't want to be giving you guys 50-minute episodes like the last couple have been. Um, but going back to what my thing about demonizing people and not listening to them... Um, got a record number of, of uh, I'll borrow the term that other people use that I don't really know why it's used, but black and brown people uh, voted for Donald Trump. And now, instead of saying, <clears throat> using that as a wake-up call, uh, people on the left, Democrats, saying, wow, okay, maybe we're missing, maybe we're missing something. Maybe we're we're targeting our audience the wrong way. Maybe our message isn't getting across. Instead, they are saying things like, oh, well, it's because they are, uh, they're white supremacists. Like, that's actual quotes from people, progressive pundits and things like that. That Why would they be white supremacist? They must be, they must not know what they're doing. It's just a complete... One, it's prejudice to assume that because of the color of somebody's skin, they, they think one way or another, rather than allowing them the freedom to make a decision for themselves. That's the height of prejudice. Um, sorry about this beep. I thought I connected my seatbelt, but I guess it wasn't all the way connected. But what should be done is people should talk to those people and say, what is it that is most important to you? 
But instead, we will just say, those people are, are dumb. Those people are misguided because they don't understand things. And uh, that's a problem. That's part of the problem, that we will never have unity until we recognize that every individual is entitled to think for themselves. It's not a monolith based on the color of your skin, one way or another, how you should vote. You have great conservatives of color, Larry Elder, um, Thomas Sowell, great men who are speaking truth from a conservative viewpoint, regardless of the color of their skin. And they should be allowed to do that without being called an Uncle Tom or whatever. There's a documentary on Amazon Prime. Produced by Larry Elder called Uncle Tom. And it's about not only do black conservatives have to deal with racism, they have to deal with prejudice from people within their own communities because of their political beliefs. It's pretty eye-opening, so I encourage you guys to check it out. It's free on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. I'm uh, wrestling with getting rid of it entirely because of what Amazon did to Parler, but that's a whole other issue. (laughs) Hi, everybody. It's Saturday, January 23rd, 10.55 a.m. And we're going to Great Wolf Lodge for the weekend. It was our family Christmas present that got delayed because of the not-so-Great Wolf. So we're going to Great Wolf Lodge in Scott Run, PA. And we're going to be swimming in January. We've arrived at Great Wolf Lodge, and it's flurrying. Hey! Flurries! What's up? No, you're supposed to say sup, y'all fans. <laughs> no. Look how nice it looks at night. I know. We were in the water for... Four or five hours. I think it was three hours. Now we're showered and warm and cozy. We're going out to the diner. The food here is way too expensive to eat. And I like to eat. I don't like to spend a lot of money on food, so diner it is. Glow golf. Actually, you can actually see it in the film. That's pretty good. Didn't eat lunch, so we had Lupper at the Golden Corral. We're on our way home from the Great Wolf Lodge. Lushy. Trying to get in the picture and I'm denying it. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Acting Realtor Podcast. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to subscribe. You can also leave us a rating or review. That will move us up the chart so other people can find out about the show. I also encourage you to check out actingrealtor.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well.